0: Welcome to the Jiu Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robless, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu Jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. Yo, yo.
1: Yo, live (laughs) from from Santa Fe.
2: Yes, yes. So probably um, from the beginning, from from the drive we, with the you took the dogs, correct? We took the dogs. So okay, was, so drive the drive with the dogs and everything yeah. up until now.
1: So I was I was nervous about the dog part because the only time we've taken our dogs anywhere was we went to Fort Worth about a year ago. And I don't know if it was just hot or what, but like it's only about three hour drive, about two and a half hours into it. I was like, man, we gotta get there because they're they're both just not. <laughs> enjoying it um and then the place we stayed at was like not the best neighborhood there was no fenced in yard so it just felt like man this just doesn't feel very comfortable and you know like if you're not comfortable on a trip to me it's always like i start looking at the clock i'm like how much longer are we here we were only there for two days that's terrible yeah so we drove out to lubbock um stayed at one of my uh my rentals out there um and it was good
2: that's on the way
1: yeah, Lubbock's about halfway. And just so for
2: because I cause I know where you're headed to, but yeah. for anyone that may or may not be listening, you're you're yeah, you're so headed you know, from Austin to, to New to Mexico.
1: Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, yeah. 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 So um so Lubbock's about six hours away and Santa Fe's about five, five and a half hours away from, from Lubbock. So it's almost right halfway in between. Um going back, we're actually gonna go just try and do it all in one day. So we'll see. Um, well, let
2: me ask. Okay, so I'm gonna. I have two questions. The first yeah. one is how how was the the first leg? How was that with the dogs? Good. Perfect. Perfect. Second question yeah. is what's making you want to do this the on the way back in one shot? Um, a couple
1: things. Number one, just wanting to get back home. Um, number two, um, I mean, we we like really sort of took our time getting out there. Like we didn't leave Austin until like ten o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like, normally we'd be ready to go and leave at like five in the morning. So then it's like, man, if you're gonna leave at five, you might as well go all the way, uh, because it was both in both places. It was like the the Airbnb wasn't gonna be ready till like four o'clock, and it's like a six hour drive. So it's like, you might as well leave at ten. Okay. Um, but going back, it's like, man, we can. I think we can do it all in one day. So we'll see. I mean, like, I'm gonna leave the Lubbock option open, but I think we're gonna do it all in one day. So. Um, but yeah, the, the dog, like I was amazed at how good the dogs were. And then this place we're at in Santa Fe is just, it's really nice. And there's a fenced in backyard. Um, it's a nice neighborhood. So it's like immediately, it's like they like within like two days, it was like, this is where they lived all their life. Like they don't care. Um,
2: Let me ask you this. You, so, how, how uh, you've been there how many days now? So it's been, uh, nine days, nine days. Wow, man. Time is flying yeah. brother, man. So uh are you sold on santa fe
1: um in this context yes for sure so like i don't i don't know if i would uh, i could actually see living in a place like this like this size of of city if you want to call it city um is a nice size because it's i think there's like 85 90000 people here so it's and there's there's a there's a lot of money in santa fe for sure so there's enough money so there's nice stuff but it, and there will be like a lot of people doing things, but it doesn't feel crowded the way to me. Austin now feels very crowded. Mm-hmm. Austin of like 15 years ago felt more like this where it's like, oh, I want to go do this thing. I'll go do it. It'll take me 10 minutes to get there. and there will be. Now with Austin, it's like mm-hmm. you want to do anything. It's like you better make a reservation. Um, you know you're gonna pay 20, 30 dollars for parking. Like it's just it's not the same feel as something small. Um, it's like 20 degrees cooler than Texas is right now. And then at night it gets very cold. So that's a big plus. Um, the elevation is high. The elevation in, in Santa Fe is like 2,000 feet higher than Denver, which I had no idea. So for like the first two or three days, we both were getting like headaches and feeling like a little bit dizzy when you're walking. But then like once you get used to the elevation, it's like then you're good to go. So now I'm like, okay, for like a day when I get back to Austin, I'm going to be in really good shape for one day. <laughs> so we should train the day I get back. <laughs> I'll, I'll so.
2: No, I need you to reacclimate when you get back to Austin, um, right. to Austin laziness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how have you been filling your days? So um,
1: it's funny because, you know, I'll, this whole experience has made me really think, because I was texting you before about the idea of renting versus owning. And I've been thinking about that idea a lot, because when we talked before, I was like, oh, you know, we should have a place here and own a place here and all that. And I've kind of changed my mind about that a little bit just from this experience, because in Lubbock, I was like, man, I don't really like this place that I got. I mean, it's okay, It's fine. But there's nothing particularly special about it. And here in Santa Fe, it's like, man, I really like this place. But I also like the fact that I don't own this place because I think about all the stuff about owning and the responsibilities and the headache. And, you know, there's a pretty bad storm the other night. And for me, it's like, you know, as like a property owner, like, especially like in Texas or anywhere where you get bad storms, anytime there's a storm, I'm like, oh God, there's gonna be a branch gonna fall, it's gonna fall on the roof. And then I have to call the tree guy and the roof guy and file the insurance. And like, every time it rains, it's just, I'm always like, oh God, there's gonna be something wrong. And there is a lot, like I've got rental property, so roof will be leaking or, you know, just just, something will happen. So it's kind of nice to be like, oh yeah, that wouldn't be my problem. I would just call the owner and that would be their problem. So I started thinking more and more about the idea of maybe especially if we end up, you know, kind of going to Florida for a little bit or whatever, but maybe there's there's definitely some certain advantages to renting for a certain amount of time, maybe for even, you know, a couple years to really kind of get a feel of do you like this place? Where would you want to be and like it's like a way of testing the waters instead of buying because it's like buying, that's a much more of a commitment. And then when you buy a place, that means you got to get furniture. you got to do all this. Um, so I'm seeing some of the advantages of renting it, but back to your question. Um, so a lot of this stuff has been the same and that's, what's been really interesting. So like I've been, you know, I've got, like two, well, no, three construction projects going on right now. So managing that, um, more like different stuff with uh probate with my mom's will and things like that um Chantel's, does all her work online anyway so she's doing all the stuff she's doing so in many ways our life is very similar um the, as it is in texas in terms of the morning is is very similar and the, hey, you know that brings
2: saying? up an, interest- yeah. an interesting thing so you remember so there was a time uh, let's say uh, pre 2000 and even early 2000s yeah. Yeah. Um, when the internet w- was really just, you know, hadn't really become super mainstream. Yeah. Where people could not work remotely. No. Yeah. You couldn't. So when you left your city, yeah. you were literally on vacation. Yes. Because you couldn't take your work with you, it was impossible, yeah. you know. I mean we didn't even have cell phones so your boss wouldn't even be able to call you right like at best if you were a doctor i guess he could page you and you would have to find like uh, or you would use a landline to call back but you know why would they do why would they even do that right like so i would say that's probably one of the bad things about remote work is that you when you leave you left to be on vacation but you basically just took your you're you're living the same life you're living. You're just doing it yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. You haven't really taken a break from life.
1: Yeah, which I actually like. It's so, it's so weird because it's like, I think that's been sort of the big revelation is that, especially because I was like, man, it's gonna be so hard to travel with these dogs, but it wasn't hard at all. And then I'm like, oh, it's gonna be hard. They're gonna have a hard time getting adjusted. Dude, it was like within a day, they're both asleep on the couch. They don't care. So I'm like, okay, once that was kind of revealed, I'm like, God, we could kind of go to a lot of different places now. And when I started thinking about running, because I'm like, we don't even necessarily have to, we can just stay at a place for a month or two and then go somewhere else for a little bit and then go somewhere else. And that's completely viable in a way that I
2: just didn't think it would be because I thought it was yeah, going like to be. I like it, but I don't like it. Like, I like it because, yes, you're not tied down to a city or a cubicle or an office or your house or anywhere, right? right? And. Right. But I don't like it because I always believe, uh, at least for me, I'm speaking for myself, and this is all personal, that sometimes you just need a break from everything thing like yeah. it's a break from reality right that's yeah that's actually what people say sometimes right when like vacation's over they're like yeah. all right back to reality back
1: to reality yeah and I, you know to me it's always been the, the balance and is I always my
2: reality right but like yeah. even then it's like sometimes yeah. man like i just want to break from it yeah you want to break
1: and i mean so we've been i mean there's there's like great places to hike so like tomorrow morning we'll go on a big hike And we went on one a couple of days ago and um we actually on uh was it yesterday? No, two days ago, we went to Albuquerque, which is only about an hour away, and we did a full-on Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, like shooting location thing. So we went to the Walter White House, we went to the Jesse Pinkman House, and <laughs> we took dorky pictures everywhere. So we got to do that. So, I mean, we, we've had plenty of like screw around time and things like that. Like We were just walking around downtown just now. Um, so it's definitely more leisure time, I guess, than normal. But for both of us, like. I think because her job just literally never stops because it's like a growing company and it's like they're dealing with so much customer service things where it's like you want to respond as fast as I it just gets
2: more busy as it grows
1: right it's more busy as it grows exactly um so there's sort of that and then for me it's like I kind of like having a certain amount of things if it's too much then that would be overwhelming and unenjoyable but if it was nothing I think that might get a little boring I know, so
2: that's something I wanted to talk to you about, right, like, so that's, man, that's what always happens with me, and I cannot find, like, I do find the balance, I get, I don't know, I don't know if there's balance, but, like, I get super bored once we get things systemized, like, I can almost tell you, probably three to four months back, like, well, six months back, things were just perfect, like, I was reading my books, and I was out every morning, and I had, I had absolutely zero, I felt like I had zero responsibility. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And that felt great for about two months. Yeah. And then at yeah. about the third and fourth month, I, fourth month, I started to get bored. And yeah. then I, and then, as I begin to read more and come up with new ideas, I was like, oh, this would be a great auxiliary yeah. business for a nice guy, it kind of fits in. So then yeah. we start this new business and it, it and it's gonna be great. It, like yeah. I already know this thing is gonna, it's gonna do really well. I, yeah. I told you, right, we're doing, we're adding a maid service. Yeah. Like, yeah. Told, I talked about yeah. You right? did. Yeah. I feel like you've been gone for two years, my know, brother. That's how been long it felt it's it's like. <laughs> Even Sally was like the other day. She's like, "Don't you miss Carter?" It's like it's.
0: I was yeah, like, every day. I do
2: miss Carter. Every day I do. <laughs> but so we started this maid and like I said, it's gonna be great. But my brother, I forget sometimes how oh, hard it is set up starting a business yeah. and setting yeah, up, set up a business and getting it it. and especially the way my mind works. And Salia is is we talked about it last night because I she knew that I was like super stressed. Yeah. And um, we were talking about it. And she's like, it's just the way you are. It's good and it's bad. It's good because you're such a like perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect and it has to be perfect today, yeah. right? She goes, yeah. and that's what's gotten you to where you're at. But at the same yeah. time, it's not mentally healthy because that's not reality, right? Like yeah. things can't be perfect in one day. Yeah. Rome was not built in a day. But yeah. I, it's like I'm pushing for it to, but it to been there. I mean, I, I mean just I'm trying everything I can to, to, yeah. to make that a possibility. And, yeah. I, and then it, I, I tilt into that other. What's not healthy about it is you can burn out real quick. For sure. You can figure yeah. out real quick where you're just like, I don't want to do anything. Like, yeah. you wake up and you're like, hey, you know what? All the businesses, scrap them. I just want to be homeless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I want zero, yeah. zero responsibility right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the setup is the hardest. I mean, you know, I think about that from a, um, even if you're like, let's say, flipping a house or renovating a building or building something, um, the preparation, really in building, the preparation is, god i don't even know that's it's probably at least 50 percent of it i'm thinking about the current project i'm working on We're, we still are probably three months away from even breaking ground and we've been working on this thing since april maybe and i've had that land uh, like one way or the other for over a year so it's like it's a long time to prepare these things and it's a lot of like back and forth and planning and this and that and then the actual building it's like you know There's always going to be things wrong. There's going to be this, there's going to be that. And then you're looking for the tenant and you're like, I'm never going to find anyone. This is terrible. And then you find someone and it's like, but once you get those things set up and once you get that person signed or or whatever it might be, it's a lot less work at that point. So it's like, you know, the setup of the business is usually the longest, hardest part. Once you get it to a certain level, then it is relatively easy. Now, then the real key is like, what's the next move? Because for the business, it can be like, well, okay, we've got nice guys here. Do we want to do nice guys in San Antonio or whatever? Because then it's like a whole nother thing again. Or is it like, we want to start a cleaning company because that'll work, so then it's like more work, but then it levels down again. So it's kind of trying to figure out, you know, if you want to go to a certain level, then it does level off. You want to go to the next level, then it becomes a lot of work again. And I really think it's- important. I have ideas
2: on that, like how yeah. I want to approach it moving forward, how, I, what you know, kind of what my long-term, I, you know, what's good about these moments of building, it lets you know, like what you want to do, what you don't want to do, right? That's, I agree. And it's, it's funny how things change because if you would have talked to Mo seven years ago, like this would have been a dream, like starting, starting yeah. a business, but we've already yeah. done this like several times. Yeah. And- uh now i'm just at a different phase like i don't know if i want to do it anymore what i do think that i want to start looking into because at first it seemed like so impossible to me and even two years ago it seemed so impossible to me and even maybe a year ago it seemed impossible but now i think that my business acumen has gotten to a point where um like i can start buying certain types of businesses i can i i i have i believe i have the knowledge at this point to flip certain businesses yeah um and I'm thinking what I eventually—it's funny, man, because we're going back to the Robert Kiyosaki, and it didn't make sense to me then, right? And uh, and uh, you and I have both kind of talked, like, basically after Rich Dad Poor Dad, we really never followed Robert Kiyosaki because he kind of yes. just says the same thing over and over again, and eventually he'll be right. Yeah, it's coming. You know, the, yeah, the sky will eventually fall, right? Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know, and he has some some ideas that are kind of out there, but there was one thing that he talks about he talks about this this quadrant um, and right and he talks about so the uh, quadrant in the first one it's you are um, you have a job the second one is you become self-employed yeah then after self-employed you move into being a business owner meaning that the business is systemized and it can run without you and then the first one is you're a professional investor and what he meant by professional investor was that you're you take equity you buy businesses, flip businesses, or you or or you take equity in businesses. And I think that we're slowly getting there. I think we're 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 pr- approaching into that third quadrant because yeah. I think that um, I'm almost fairly certain Nice Guy is very close to being systemized to running without us. Okay. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the stress is coming from because we're trying to get the right people in place. Um, we're gonna probably start with trusted cleaning almost from the beginning with someone running it. Okay. Um, so we'll just kind of be managing managers. Salia still wants to give it a little while before she hands the reins over on Robles. Um, okay. Okay. I, I almost get the feeling that she doesn't want to hand the reins over is the conversation we had last night. I was like, just tell me what you want to do. You know, it was yeah. kind of like that. It was out of the notebook. It's like, what do you want? Just tell yeah. me what you, you know, and know, and, and I don't know why she was hesitant just to tell me that she wants to like take like have, continue to have control. Yeah. And yeah. she likes running the business day to day. She looks forward to it on a day to day basis. And I'm like, hey, if that's what you like to do and you enjoy it, then there's no problem. But I think that moving forward, I'm really gonna look with, I, I think that with um, uh, Quantum Leap is gonna get my foot into the door to deal with kind of like what you've done with commercial real estate. I'm yeah. now in front of a different clientele. I'm All my clientele are gonna be business owners And I think it's going to be some opportunity for me to, to partner up, get equity. Um, and I'm also looking at just to straight up, like I'm on buy biz sell or whatever it's called and flip on a lot of these websites where people are selling their businesses and I look at it and with, with quantum leap, I can already bring a lot of, like I can look at a business and be like, man, this business is making money, but it could be making a lot more money, but you know why it's not? It's because they don't even have a website. So the fact that they're profitable, but they don't have a website like that's a value add, just like in real estate that I can add almost from the beginning, let it run for six to 12 months and reflip this thing. Maybe add some good SEO, some good, uh, some good blogging, good newsletter, uh, good backlinks and, you know, raise its status on Google and all that type of thing Add a Google, my business page, just simple stuff that people that have started these successful businesses back in the eighties, they're already at a point where, like, I don't want this business anymore, but it's it's a profitable business. Mm-hmm. But they've gone to a point where they realize we live in a techno- uh, a, a world of technology, and they don't want to they don't want to learn about that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now it's kind of like right up our alley because with Quantum Leap, we can just kind of plug and play that type of stuff. Like, we have a team that could build out the website. We have a team that could just do the SEO yeah. and, and all that type of stuff. So. Yeah. I think for me, because you know what this—it it goes. It's funny. It goes full circle. I don't want to own anything anymore because it's yeah. Yeah. like I just want to be. Yeah. I want to help other people yeah. and and add value where I can, but I don't yeah. want to be the sole. Like I don't want to be the guy running everything all the time because it's yeah. it's a lot. It is a lot, and and, and it's so funny so like it's... Only, even you own the house, right? Like yeah, it's every day. It's something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, we're thinking. You know, more and more we're thinking about Florida. We had a pretty long conversation about it the other night. And I'm like, man, if we if we do end up going out there for a bit, I'm like, at first I was like, oh, we'll have to buy something or whatever. And now I'm like, nah, we'll just find ourselves a nice furnished rental somewhere and kind of figure it out. Be like, okay, is this is this where we want to be? Like, what do we think about this place? And, and then maybe at some point buy something, but maybe not. Maybe be there for half a year, be in Texas for a little bit, be in New Mexico. I don't know. Like, but it's much more it feels much more doable now because now that it's like actually being done i'm like oh this isn't bad at all like this has you know i mean like i could live here for months and be fine so um and i just i just didn't know I was like i was like I was very unsure as to whether that was going to be a thing or not but back to what you were saying about um businesses it's interesting because you know there becomes a point we talked about the peter principle before about people rise to the level of their own incompetence so with businesses it's like you know, you may rise to a level where you get nice guy to a certain level and you're like, OK, my goal now is to hand the reins off to somebody else and manage the managers. Other people may be like, no, I want this to be a franchise. I want there to be nice guys in every single city in the country. That's a different goal. That's a different amount of work. Potentially, there's more money, but I would it's always a argue a very
2: different business.
1: It's a very different business. You know, you're in the different you're in the you're in the franchise business at that point, which is different. Um, And so it's, I think it's always important with all these things, you know, you get the business owner from the 80s, the people that you might be talking to that get it to a certain point. But for whatever reason, it's like they're just they're, they're too old, they're too stubborn, whatever it might be, they just don't want to embrace technology. And the way things that are, you know, way people look for things now, in order to grow their business anymore. My father in law is very much like this, like, there's no website for the company, there's no this, there's no that. And at a certain point, then, you know, whatever that limiting factor is, to me, it's like, for me, it's a lot about it is is lifestyle. Because I look at it, it's like, okay, if you get a business that makes a certain amount of money, you get all the freedom. But when you go past that, especially if you're looking at businesses that go public, there's way more money, but your life is no longer your own. And your company is no longer your own. So it's like everything is about the shareholders now or the investors or whatever it might be. And it's like, so you went from being self-employed to having a business, to kind of having a boss again, because a lot of these guys, it's like they're they're working for a lot of people that can legitimately fire them. I mean, even somebody like Elon Musk, the board could probably remove him from Tesla if they voted for it or whatever it might be. I mean, like there's there's a lot of people that have you know quote unquote lost their own company before. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, Steve Jobs. I mean, he was fired from the company he created. Um, so it's it, it can happen. So to me, it's like finding out. What's important for other people, it might strictly just be like money is the most important thing. I want to make as much money as possible. It's like, well, then you are gonna have to franchise, you are gonna have to try and go public because there's really not a lot of like private billionaires out there that have just privately made a billion dollars. It's like most of them have some sort of company that went public or something like that. To me, that's more money than I feel is necessary for what I want to do in life. But I think it's that's that's something that becomes an interesting conversation. Because if you look at the business owner who's like, I have everything I want, and I don't want to do the things necessary to take it to the next level, and they look at that as sort of a problem or sort of a dead end, and you come in and you think about it and you're like, I could take this to the next level and it's not going to be that much work because I already have this other company that I built that can do all this stuff. Now you've solved a problem. I understand. You know,
2: another thing to think about is the motivated seller. So I'll give you an example. So you have the company that up into the, that started in the 80s or the early 90s. Yeah. And uh, it could be, and we say company, but I'm talking about these small, medium-sized businesses, or even don't even not even medium-sized, like small businesses, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's another not not maybe it's like another nice guy business, but something you know. But anyways, long story short, they started it, and um, uh, it's very it's profitable. It, it's cash it cash flows. Um, you look at their tax statements for the last 10 years and 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 CPA checks off on everything She's like this is a, a pretty good business um, But the writing is on the wall for the owners and what I mean by that is that They understand that their business will begin to decline unless they start using technology So they have this conversation they sit down with each other their husband and wife and they say you know what? We've ran this for 20 30 years why don't we just cash yeah. out and retire yeah,
0: exactly.
2: and exactly. But we got to do it before we start declining in numbers because if we start declining in numbers the business is worth less exactly. and that's exactly. why I'm looking to kind of come in and either and either buy or partner or or, or do something um, yeah. and again this is like my my 18 to 24 month plan like what we yeah. once we start getting quantum leap up and going but I yeah. I want to find myself in those types of situations yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of do too, actually. In, in more, especially if I do, if we do end up moving to Florida, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because I'll have some interesting, unique um, advantages there. Because number one, my brother-in-law, um, great dude, and he has tons of experience in construction. Uh, he's very, very personable, like he's very likable, big, loud, great guy so having somebody like that who's family who i trust and all that kind of stuff and who has a lot of skills gives me a unique advantage on different things and plus he ran a very successful construction company for a long time because i've been thinking about that like in terms of like let's say i want to go somewhere and become a developer well if i can at the same time be sort of vertically integrating a construction company it's like okay We've got the landscaping. Okay, well, let me find guys that are carpenters. Okay, let me find guys that are painters. Let me find roofers and and just start lining it up. So it's not like these are still subcontractors. So I'm not like buying their company, but it's like maybe I'm buying the overall management or or getting them a certain number of leads so that when I want to get certain things done, they can be done immediately at at relatively a cost. Um, That becomes much more intriguing to me if I'm going to be there more, and if I know people that know those ends of the businesses much better than I do, because um, that can help me on multiple fronts. It can help me sort of having vertically integrated businesses, and then it can also help me if I want to build stuff, renovate stuff, whatever, in terms of I'm essentially hiring my own company to make me more money. So that, that becomes really intriguing. I think that's something that's what I like what you guys are doing, and I think that people should always do is... If you are in business, look for other businesses that are related. So if you're a plumber, you should get good relationships with foundation companies because I've done a lot of foundations. I just got one finished and fingers crossed. I don't think the drain line broke this time, but on almost every single foundation job I've done, especially on slab foundations, the drain line breaks. What does that mean? Well, that means you got to call a plumber and spend about $12,000 having them replace the drain line underneath the slab. So if you're a plumber, you should get to know foundation guys, foundation guys should know plumbers. And I would venture to say that if you're looking to buy a company, buying one or buying the other makes sense. You know, if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, buying an HVAC company makes sense. Like there's there's a lot of businesses that tie in well together. And there's a lot of skills that sort of make sense to develop, we call it like skill stacks. Like the idea of, of you you build up skills that that intertwine really well together. Because if you're good, at a lot of things that work well together, it's almost like a synergistic effect. Like the sum is greater than this. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts mm-hmm. versus if you want to get elite level at one thing, it's like, to me, that's way more of a gamble than being like pretty good at a lot of things that work well together.
0: Agreed. And, so,
1: and with businesses, to me, it makes sense. Again, because if you've got nice guy, it's like, okay, we want a cleaning company. If we've got the painting company, at a certain point, getting a flooring company makes a lot of sense because that's got a lot of the same aspects you want as a business there's low overhead um, there's low liability painting and flooring are, are the two basic things that almost everybody's going to do when they renovate a place so then it's like okay we do you know like
2: and then there's things. the big one for painting is roofing I was gonna say, then get then. into roofing um i'm telling you i did not know this but apparently, the people in this, I like. I always thought this was like, so nobody's buying these things. Yeah. Nobody's buying solar panels. I was oh, like, yeah. nobody's buying these yeah. things, yeah. dude. They are killing it. Yep. yep. Killing it. Yep. And so then, you get and the roofing business. It's just yep. an exalt, uh, it's, it's 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 like an it's a it's an upsell. It's an add on. Absolutely. The solar panel. Solar and panels
1: are going yeah. that way. And then the other one too is the gutter company. Like one thing that I couldn't believe when I first moved oh, back that. to That's Texas. idea is that Texas, there's so much rain and, and most of the older houses don't have gutters. It's crazy to me. Like there's tons of rain and no gutters. So if you're going to replace the roof, offer to put in gutters too, because you can give somebody, you know, you can give a better discount, you can do all these things. It makes sense to do them together. So when you start thinking that way with businesses, what things work well together, it gives you a huge advantage because now people like a solution. They like a problem to their solution. As we say. And what's even better is a solution to their multiple problems. Because as a business owner, a lot of times you're solving one problem, but we all know like problems tend to come in groups. Like you don't tend to just have one problem. It's like, well, I have a problem this, this, and this. Now, if you can solve all three, even better, even better. And that's, and the beauty of what you're talking about is it's not necessarily that you're like, oh, I can physically do all these things. It's like, no. I just understand that I know how to manage subcontractors, I know how to make bids and do things like that. So what's the difference between doing that with a roof, painting a wall, putting tile on a floor, knowing price per square foot. And see, and I think this is going to be bids. my
2: angle now, Carter, is yeah. that the hard part really is starting the business, yes. right? Yes. Starting yes. the business. Yeah. So now my new angle is going to be simply to partner up with an existing business and be yeah. like, look, this is what we bring to the table, right? Yeah. Like you're good at roofing, but yeah. you're not, you, you're not maximizing the amount of leads you could be getting because you know nothing about marketing. You know, nothing about technology. Yeah. You don't want to use it. You don't have a CRM. You do everything on pen and paper. There's yeah. no, there's no sales funnel. There's no, yeah. there's no sales to begin with. Yeah. There's no follow-up. And, and yeah. these are things that, we can like bring to the table and hopefully be able to. So I think it's much easier to go that route just to to be able to attach yourself to an existing successful business where you can actually build value and keep those people in place that are already giving the bids and know how to do all that stuff. Cause I tell you that was the hard part. Like I knew nothing about painting and I'll always look back and that will be such a great memory about look, anybody can like, I, I feel like I can teach it now because I can tell people, like, look, hey, don't ever give me the excuse that nobody can do it. I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Like, n- yeah. I, I couldn't tell you anything about painting. Yeah. And I just sat down and stayed up hours and hours and hours and figured yeah. out, OK, this is how you do an estimate. And I got out and a trial and error and I got got it wrong. Would I do that again? No, I think there's a there's I, I there's a path of least resistance that yeah. now I can afford to take. I did nice guy the way it was done because i maybe at the time i couldn't afford it but also i needed to learn a lot of stuff um the path of least resistance for sure
1: yeah Yeah. it It makes perfect sense because basically what you're talking about doing is you're saying to you know let's say this roofing company that does good work that gets good reviews but they're just they're not good at they're good at the roofing they're not good at the rest of the part of the business and you're like okay we will find you leads we will do all this stuff and you're essentially almost hiring them for your job. So let's say a nice guy gets contracted to paint the exterior of a house and re-roof it. The roofing company is still going to do all the work. It's not like you're going to train the nice guy painters to also roof. And I think that's where people get into trouble. Is they're like, well, I only know this. How am I going to do all this? And it's like, well, that that's that's trying to confuse skills that don't. That's unless you're like uh, Bo Jackson. I'm going to play baseball and play in the NFL. It's like, no, okay, we want to. Sort of keep the skills you have and figure out how to expand. And so with this, you're you're essentially hiring the roofing company, and you're getting a markup on these things. So the roofer would normally charge, let's say, six thousand bucks to do the roof. You're charging somebody seven grand or seventy five hundred. You're keeping that fifteen hundred. You're paying them the six thousand or whatever it is. Both companies are essentially happy because the roofer is doing the work and doing this and getting more secure work to the point where I would guess that a lot of these companies would actually take less per job if you're getting them five jobs a week when they're used to getting, you know, 10 jobs a month type of thing. You're, you're doubling the amount of work they get, and you're, you're taking care of it. Because a lot of these guys, it's like, you know, some of the best contractors I've ever seen, it's like the phone number on their website, that's their cell phone. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a job, they're doing whatever, you get the message, what does everybody do? You call somebody else. But if you have it systemized, so it's like every call goes to a call center, you take a message or you talk to someone, talk to somebody live, setting up an appointment, now they're probably not going to call somebody else. And that's something that people don't understand. Like, well, I do better work. It's like, it doesn't matter for the most part, unless somebody's really, really picky. They're going to go to whoever answers the phone first. This is true. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I'm looking for a builder for a three to four million million with an M dollar project which to me is a lot of money. I called, so I've got two guys that I already know, and I'm looking to get like a third bid. So I called two different people. One guy, leave a message, I think Thursday. Now it's Sunday, still haven't heard back. Other guy, pick up the phone, talk to him 15 minutes. He goes out there with the drone on this stuff. He meets my other tenant. He looks at the other property guy. It's like, who do you think I'm gonna hire? <laughs> no, even, even though maybe let's say the guy who didn't answer the phone does better work. I don't care. Like I want the guy who's reliable, who's gonna pick up the phone, who's gonna do all these things. That to me matters.
2: It's and professionalism. That, You're going with professionalism. professionalism.
1: Yeah. People, people the people underestimate because if you if you were to talk about like what's more important, quality of work or quality of communication, I would argue that communication is significantly more important for most things. Because let's say, like go back to painting, you know, you've got Bob and you've got Richard, and Richard He could have painted, you know, the like whatever, the Mona Lisa or whatever. He's an incredible painter, but he's a huge pain in the ass. He never picks up his phone, blah, blah, blah. He does work that's 20% better than Bob. But Bob has, you know, somebody answers the phone, they do it. 99% of the customers are going to go for Bob, even though he does work that's 20% inferior to Richard or whatever it is. It doesn't matter that much to most people, unless you're talking about the most pain in the ass, picky people in the world who you probably don't want as clients anyway. That reliability of communication is way more important for and most people. You know what
2: that really that's that's such a huge thing that you're saying because what that really is and it's it's sales, right? Yeah, that's it. When you're communicating, you're selling. Yes. So whoever the better painter was in this example, was it Bob? Uh, I don't remember was, who the better painter I don't was, either. but whoever can paint the Mona Lisa, yeah. like yeah. he can be better, but because he doesn't sell nobody ever hires him, right? So it doesn't really matter. But the other guy, yeah, you're right. He's not as good as a painter, but he sells himself because he's calling, he's following up. When people ask, you know, this is a big one that I've I've been teaching to other people on what to say when people get mad about the follow-up, right? Yeah. And this is my go-to because it's just being 100% honest. You know, Mr. Carter, the reason I'm following up, I understand sometimes that may seem annoying, but let me ask you this, is my competitor following up? What that is yes
0: to that's what good.
2: what that means to me is that the reason i'm following up is because i care about your project yeah. do yeah. they care about your project as yeah. much as i care about your project yeah. and if they yeah. do they should be calling you as much as i'm calling you
1: I, I i that's a great way of saying it and and it's it's just so true and it's just so it's interesting to be i, I always thought these were like the the problems that i were having i'm like well it's just because i'm too small time i'm trying to get someone to paint like you know, an inside of a mobile home. So, of course, I'm going to get the the worst of the worst. But it's like literally the jobs I'm talking about are like literally a hundred times bigger now, and it's still the same crap. It's still like I can't get this guy on the phone, or I can't do whatever. I'm like, okay, I guess things are going really well. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it's crazy. So, and it's it's so it matters that that ability, that follow up, that salesmanship. Um, and I think think people always look at sales as sort of a dirty word, but it's to me this is this is customer service. This yeah. is making somebody feel important and, and needed. And that goes an enormously long way. I really think it's more important than the quality of the work. And it's it's and, and since you know that, that is where you can come in on most of these different businesses. And I think the idea of buying it makes way more sense because then you don't have to go out and hire the people to do the thing. Yeah. Like if you've got a roofing company that, that they've already got crews and things like that and they're already doing good work, you don't have to do that. And if you say to them, I'm gonna partner with you or whatever, even better is That's let's say better. they lose yeah, let's say they lose somebody, you don't have to find the replacement they do because they're still in they're still involved in in the game versus if they just sell you the company now, like things can fall apart quickly or people leave. I would
2: much rather, yes, that would be my, yeah. that would that would be the route that I would like to take. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think that it's more of a win-win route. Like I do too. just from their standpoint, if they're not ready to give up their business, yeah. I think a lot of them would be willing to give up. And they are, this happens every day. This isn't yeah. a new idea. Yeah. People give up equity because All they time. see the potential in one, Quality of their life is they want that to be better because they can be feeling the way I'm feeling sometimes like I'm overwhelmed yeah. Right, like I do want to pick up my phone Mo I can't because yeah. I don't I have too much work, but yet yeah. I don't know how to systemize yeah. things, right? So yes, I will give you 25% of my company come in systemize everything yeah. Take care of the website take care of the SEO yeah. take care of the marketing take what yeah. I don't know what TikTok is but that's yeah. what everybody's using nowadays yeah. take care of that, do all that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And yes, that is worth 25%. Yeah. And, and my whole thing is going to be like, look, my whole goal for you is going to be to one is to, you know, yes, your quality of life should get better because I'm going to take weight off, you know, I'm going to take stuff off your plate. Yeah. Um, but you're going to see, you should see a return on your investment. It won't just Absolutely. be time. It should be yeah. money as well, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you should see a return on the investment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's funny too, you know. Because I was just thinking about this. Um, this is really random, but but one of my wife's gym friends turned out to be in Santa Fe for a couple of days, and they ran into each other like a week ago, just randomly. And then my wife's gym friend had a friend from high school. That friend from high school is the sister of a guy I used to train jujitsu with in Austin. Like it was just so weirdly like these weird random things. So their father is a doctor in Lubbock. And I looked up his his website and it's like literally like it's the guy's name. And then there's literally nothing. And I started thinking about like doctors and lawyers and things like that. And I'm like, most of them are terrible at marketing because they look at it as like, oh, I'm in a high income profession. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer. And it's like marketing is like beneath them almost, especially some of the ones that are older guys and they're, you know, people in their 40s and 50s and 60s and stuff like that they've been doing it a long time um and and to me i look at space like spaces like that as huge huge potential because it's like there is a way of doing modern marketing that is not going to cost you your soul i mean like because that's i look at it like sometimes am like oh man you know I don't want to be a doctor on TikTok or whatever, you know? And it's like, it doesn't have to be that. It
2: doesn't have to be that at
1: all. But it it can be something where, because you look at a lot of these websites and, and it's like the internet's been around long enough now that you see a website and you're like, this is an old website. It just looks old. The pictures look old. The person looks old. And it's like, that may attract some people, like older people, but for, you know, people my age, younger, whatever it might be, it's like, ugh this just feels like I'm looking at something from 15 years ago and people want to feel like they're looking at something that's a little bit more modern. So it's, it's an enormous thing that, you know, that's something I see as a Dude, And
2: dent- I love that you brought up the, those particular professions. I'm, I'm in this uh, uh, mastermind group right now and there is a, uh, it's funny that you brought this up. There is a dentist in there. Yeah. This dentist, very successful practice, but what he was talking about is Um, if you own a practice as a dentist, you're going to hit a limit on how many clients you can take and therefore you, you are capped on how much you can make. He said the only way around that, and this is what he started to do. He's buying up other, other dent, other practices that are near him that are dentists, because now he's not, he's not the dentist anymore. He owns the practice and he just keeps the dentist in place. And now he can have an unlimited amount of, of, uh, patients then
1: that's the difference between thinking like a, a technician, a skilled technician, a dentist versus an entrepreneur. And we we have actually, we have a friend who, uh, same thing, he owns a couple of dental practices in Austin. And it's funny because I think they're thinking about moving to like, you know, somewhere outside of the States or whatever. And it's like, because he's thinking like an entrepreneur, he's not thinking like I have to just do, you know, the, the amount of time that I can, the number of patients I can see a day is the amount of money I can make. It's like, because everybody has that same limitation of time. And the problem, I think also, if you start seeing, and you know, we have friends who, who see lots of patients in different medical fields. And the problem with that, I think, is that you almost start resenting the patients. Like I got a buddy who sees a lot of patients and he'll be like, I hate them all. Like I see them all like in my waiting my <laughs> room and I just hate them because it's too much. It's like, you can't like, you know, we, I know somebody who sees like 80 patients a day. I'm like, man, I can't imagine shaking 80 people's hands a day. Like, and I'm not a germaphobe or anything like that. I'm just like, just too many freaking people. That would just wear me out, just saying yeah. hello And to they all bring
2: people. a different type of energy.
1: And they have a different type of energy. So versus, to me, it's like the way to think about it is like, okay, I get this one up to a certain point. How do I funnel off or how do I do the same systems Another, you know, get another doctor in place, you know, whatever it might be, another dentist, doctor, it all that. How do I think about it that way? And then when I want to ease back, well, now I hire somebody to do what I do. Now I'm just overseeing multiple clinics because that's where the real money is. And then when people think about, so the guy who is my old jujitsu training partner, you know, whose sister I met, he's an orthopedic surgeon. So I've known this guy for a long time. I've known him since he just graduated college. To me, I'm like, oh, he's still a kid, and she's like, he's 39. I'm like. I feel like that's almost a kid to me. Anybody <laughs> under forty is still kind of a kid, but she she was talking about. She's like, yeah, you know, if he like breaks his wrist or whatever, he's screwed. And I'm like, I think about that because if you're, you know, a, a surgeon or or let's say you're a dental surgeon or you're a chiropractor or a wood maker, or whatever, a painter, or whatever it might be, I'm not. Saying that you have to have somebody, you know, Jamie Lannister, chop your hand off type thing. I mean, that would (laughs) suck too. But it's like, man, you could just take a bad fall. You're in jujitsu. You're trying to choke somebody. You know, you break a wrist, whatever. Are you out of work for three months or or six months or whatever it might be? Or if you really damage it, are you just done? Like versus if you're always thinking like an entrepreneur, it's like in many ways that might be a blessing. You might be like a month off. You're like, man, I really don't miss sticking my hand in people's mouths. I think I'm going to look for another clinic to buy so it's like, it's a weird thing where where the, the technician, it would be the worst thing to ever happen to them. For the entrepreneur, it might be the best thing that ever happens because they realize, I like running things better than I do actually doing the thing. And with, when you're smart like Mo, you're like, oh, I'm never doing the thing. I'm just going to run the thing. Because <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> it's like, it's, so it's just sort of a different mentality of looking at all these things. And I think that if you can find things that that mesh well together, you find people that, want multiple problems solved together you got yourself a good thing and then when you find people that are good at doing the thing but they just for whatever reason they don't like marketing the thing or the way they market is just obsolete well it's like oh i'm in the phone book i'm in this i'm in that it's like well that's not really how people look for things anymore and they just don't want to change that that's a good thing because they look at they look at their business as having a ceiling. You look at their business as having a much higher ceiling. They just don't understand how to do the, the scaffolding or whatever to get up to that next level. But if you do, now there's another huge opportunity. So I love it. It's exciting. It's exciting. And I think the cool is thing exciting. is once you start really getting the momentum of, like, you know, let's say that you get the cleaning company, let's say you go after the roofing company next. Now, to find a gutter company, it's like, that's not going to, I mean, that's going to tie in well. The roofers probably have relationships with them. The gutter guys probably have the same problem, the roofing guys. Okay, now we got this covered. Okay, now we get the flooring company. Pretty soon, you have a construction company because you have all the different pieces of something. Now, you just have, to have somebody run and GC it and do this and that, and it's a matter of insurance. And then basically, because you're solving everybody's construction problem at once, you can charge an enormous premium. Because we know what you know as the, the, I guess, quote, unquote, the subcontractor right now, what you're making. But you also will find out what the general contractor is charging the person. You're like, wow, that seems like <laughs> literally twice as much. But if you're the GC, it's like now you can undercut your competition because you can charge 30% more instead of 50% more. But because you control the individual components, you still make way more money than the GC will. So I just laid out your whole plan. Boom. Is exciting. <laughs> and then when it comes out, then when all that comes in, then I'm going to buy a piece of it on the top. Let's so you'll do all the work building it. Then I'll then I'll jump in and throw in more money on it. I and love then it. We'll branch out to Florida too, and it'll be beautiful.
2: Oh my goodness! There we go. I got life solved. That's it. <laughs> you just yeah. laid out the whole next year we'll make sure. on. We don't we don't number these episodes anymore. This is we just call it. It's perpetual life. That's what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Let's
0: but check back. Out. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, to check out this episode or to re-listen to our past episodes, go to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Also, check us out on Apple iTunes, like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic, Robles. Check out Yellow Pine Investments. Check out Quantum Leap Web Design for all your design needs. As always, I am Mo. That is Carter. And we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank
0: you, guys. That's it for this episode of The Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Robles newsletter to get the exclusive content at RollBliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejiujitsuoflife.com com, And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.